Welcome to a D&D Candle Lab. Welcome to the D&D 5e Character Lab Podcast. With your hosts, Karen and Dan. Welcome to the D&D Character Lab, the show based around one thing we as players cannot resist. And that is compulsively creating characters and daydreaming about their validity in-game. Each week we're bringing a new character to the table, drawing from a plethora of published content, and scoring it against a predefined table of criteria. It is then up to us to use our own personal charisma modifiers to convince the other that our baby is better. Hey guys, it's Garen. And I'm Dan, and this week we decided to build characters around the theme of tough guys whatever that meant to us. Now, as you'll find out, this theme can take many forms and it doesn't necessarily have to be a high con and taking the tough feet. There are a lot of ways to skin a dead cat, as they say. Wait, you skinned mittens? How could you? I'm kidding. I don't like cats. So it's on now. We've made level 12 toughies and it's going down. Let me introduce you to Detective Charles Margaret. Charles Margaret. Detective Charles (laughs) Barkley. Detective Charles Barkley. (laughs) I'm sticking with it. The visual on that is great. All right, go ahead. (laughs) He worked as a soldier for a very long time, and then he retired, and he moved to the city of Phoenix, where he has taken up residence as a sheriff. And no one cares that he's a furbolg. They just care that he gets the job done. He is tough as nails, older than dirt. He is a cleric of the Justice Domain from Midgar's Heroes Handbook, and He doesn't pack a firearm as a detective. He is known for his javelin throwing. I give you Detective Detective Charles Barkley. Detective Charles Barkley. Okay. I'm going to introduce you to Zingalore Galanodal. Fuck you. Yeah, fantasy name generator at its best. So... For instead of a backstory, I'm going to go ahead and give you some design notes here. This build is actually inspired by one of the builds that I will be using in uh, Garen and my own campaign for Tomb of Annihilation. The DM of that campaign does not listen to this show, so I can speak freely. Uh, he was really, really thirsty for a kill in this campaign after like three sessions. And he continually mentioned that our party is too powerful, even though he made it so that one of our party members stumbled upon a shield guardian at level five so you do the math there anyways i was playing a shadow sorcerer at level four and i had multi-classed two levels of fighter in there to get the bonus on the ranged attacks and second wind action surge and i actually wanted to become eventually an arcane archer but low level sorcerers don't have a lot of hp and their spells kind of suck and fighters at second level really aren't that much better so a majority of the spells in my arsenal were focused on just self-preservation more than anything else Uh, shield, mirror image, etc. I was definitely the weakest link in the party, but the night of our last campaign, the DM was just bound and determined to kill someone. And I think you guys all know the feeling when you are killed intentionally. That happened to me. Uh, Well, he killed my dude, Numbro, and I drafted a character the next morning. (laughs) It was going to be his worst nightmare and super difficult to kill. So I present to you Zingalore Galanodal. He is an Eladrin, and I'm theming it that he has been sent by some Fey faction as an agent to find and destroy the origin of the Death Curse because his people are uh, are aging at an alarming rate due to their proximity to Chult, and thus the curse. If you show up on game night with that same character name, I am leaving. No, no, no. It's not that name. This is an Eladrin level 2 fighter in the defense fighting style, level 10 assassin rogue, which I'm also not using 
that specific archetype for the campaign, but this is going to be pretty similar. With that being said, if you're not a complete jerk like I am and actually want to help your DM and enhance the ambiance of your D&D table, come pick up some Cantrip Candles at cantripcandles.com. Cantrip Candles are 100% soy candles that are designed for use in tabletop adventures like D&D and Pathfinder. They offer a great selection of scents that smell like different locations in a fantasy world, sanctuaries, scriptoriums, even an old musty tavern. But I've been on a kick lately with the Cosgrave Leatherwork scented candle with its notes of smoky leather and clove just takes me somewhere else. But to be honest, these candles just tr can transport you just about anywhere within your fantasy games because they offer candles that are perfect for every scenario. We got the sampler pack here at the lab, and let me tell you, we use a different scent for every game night, and it's always perfect. If you want to check out their offerings, their sampler packs give you all of their scents for just $11 plus shipping. Once you decide you want to buy every single one of them, you can splurge on their newly offered 16-ounce candle size. After all, they come with a metal D20, and you don't even have to expend a spell slot. Be sure to check them out. That's Cantrip Candles, and if you don't know how to spell Cantrip, you should not be playing D&D. Thank you, Dan and Cantrip Candles, for that message. I'll start us off in the melee category. <sighs> All right. Still thinking about mittens. No mercy. I got a mace, plus five to hit, 1d6, plus two damage. I'll take a zero. Okay, yeah. I'm also going to do a zero. I have a hand axe, plus four to hit, 1d6 slashing damage. But my sentinel feet allows for opportunity attacks when an opponent within five feet of me attacks anyone other than me. So I will also take a zero. Well played. Moving on to ranged, I'm arguing a plus two here. I have a plus seven to hit, longbow, 1d8 plus three piercing damage, but I've got 5d6 on that sneak attack. I have an assassinate trait starting at third level. This is part of the assassin archetype of the rogue. You're the deadliest when you get the drop on your enemies. You have advantage on attack rolls on any creature that hasn't taken a turn in combat yet. In addition, any hit you score against a creature that is surprised is a critical hit. Oof. Ugh. Oh. Okay, you're a rogue fighter. You're not going to have much. You know what? I'm going to hold back on my roll. I will give you your plus two because that is a lot of damage. I am going to argue a plus one. I have a javelin, of course. I mentioned that with a plus six to hit. 1d6 plus three damage. But I also took the sharpshooter feat because I used, he is just that good. Draining those threes. You'll get your plus one if you succeed on the attack roll. AC of 14. And, All right. Uh, go ahead and give me. Go ahead and give me a roll because, as you know, you have to subtract with the sharp, sharpshooter feet. And if you miss, you miss. But if you get it, it's a crit. Well, it's not. It's not a crit. It adds plus 10, 10 to the damage. I'm sorry. Ten damage. No crit. All right. Here we go. I rolled a fourteen, so I get to add one to that too. You subtract five. Yeah, I had a right? plus six to hit. Oh, okay. Perfect. Excuse me. I should clarify. It is a plus five to hit. I, I put a plus six here, and I will explain that in the burninating category. But I did okay. roll a fourteen exactly. Okay, well then you you hit, you can take your plus one. Where are you in burninating? Yeah, so here's why I said a plus six to hit. One of my level four spells I took was Stone Shape, where I can take stone and remold it. So what Detective Charles Barkley does, not unlike Edward Elric from Full Metal Alchemist, is I make javelins out of the stone and throw those at my enemies. And now here's what I would do if I was playing the game, and I'm going to post to you, Dan, as my DM. If I used a level four spell, which only have two slots of, to make javelins out of stone, those would be plus one javelins at least, right? Yeah, they'd be plus one javelins, but I don't. Does it say how many you would make? You'd basically do one object. This oh. is mostly yeah, for then it's cool factor. It's it would definitely be plus one or plus two. Yeah, if you're only getting one and it's a fourth level spell, yeah, yeah, I like it. I'd have to go pick it up. I mean, if like it went through them and hit the ground, it might even break, and then I lost it. You know? Right. I also have 
Spirit Guardians. Spirit Guardians is a spell that I cast, is a level 3 spell, and within 30 feet of me, friendly spirits start to circle around me, and anything that comes within there is subject to D8, 1d8 radiant damage. So it's kind of a area control, burninating damage. Between those two things, uh, I'm arguing a 1 for cool. Uh, yeah, you can have your 1. Nice. I'm going to make this easy. I have... Uh... No spells. That's a minus two. I'll move right over into control. I'm going to zero here. I have cunning action. And then, of course, I have that sentinel feat, which, in addition to what I had mentioned earlier, it also allows for a successful hit on an opportunity attack to stop a target dead in its tracks for uh, for one round. And then I also have the racial feat trait for an Eldrin, which is face step. Uh, so I'm arguing zero. All right. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'll give you a zero on that. That must have hurt you a little bit to have such a low control yeah. list there yeah yeah i'm not going to be a very controlling uh character in in our campaign but i think i more than make up for it in my spiteful amount of damage that i can do how bizarre that you and i talk about these characters every week and the characters we'd like to play what would be fun to us we know at this point that control is very important to you but you're getting into this game and when you're actually faced with the situation of the game you're valuing other things above that and me and my character in the game i've just taken a paladin level which i don't really care for paladins but it's what's important to the character right now and that's pretty wild yes. how that works out it is yeah so for my control i'm actually arguing a plus one on this i have detect magic and disguise self that i can cast as a furball i have a just positioning which is a battle magic spell from cobalt where i can move myself 30 feet as a bonus action i have encrypt decrypt as a cantrip which allows me to change language and i have a feature of the justice class this is my channel divinity, no hiding place. I can determine the general direction and distance in miles to a person that is guilty of injustice. So this is Detective Charles Barkley getting it done. That's pretty neat. That would obviously be at the DM's discretion of what injustice was, but that's pretty cool. Like, if well, if we know somebody who did something, old Slippery Fingers Jones got away with stealing the diamonds again. Old Michael Jordan's on the run again. <laughs> Michael Jordan's cherry picking. He's driving the lane. I know how many miles it is to get to that side of the court. But I'm not <laughs> so going to make it because I'm Detective Charles arguing, Barkley. You're arguing what now? I'm arguing a one on this also. Okay, yeah. How tanky are you? I'm decently tanky. I have Hidden Step as a Furbolg. I am immune to the Frightened Condition as a Justice Domain Cleric. I have 88 hit points, but I have an AC of 13 with scale mail because I actually have a negative one to my dex because I suffered a knee injury when I was young and it's just never been the same again. I'm very slow. So I am arguing a zero. Yeah, you can have a zero. I think it's fair. I'm arguing a plus two here. This is truly a tough guy. AC of 19 when I have my shield, AC of 17 without. 126 hit points. I took the durable feat. So when you roll a hit die to regain hit points, the minimum number of hit points you regain from the roll equals twice your con modifier, which I have a plus three. So the rogue hit die is is an, a D8. If I use that hit die, the lowest I could get is six. That's pretty great. So, yeah, it's pretty great. I also have uncanny dodge, evasion, second wind, and then the fey ancestry racial trait which allows me to have advantage on saving throws against being charmed, and magic cannot put me to sleep. Not that I sleep anyway, because I also trance, and I don't sleep. So, <laughs> plus two. I'm going to force your roll on this one. Okay. My charisma is a zero. I, I rolled... <laughs> yep. You're not going to believe this, but I rolled another natural 20! Oh. I'll take that, plus three. He says another natural 20 because he rolled a natural 20 on our Monster Lab episode, which you could become a patron and listen to. 5% chance, but I'm feeling lucky lately. So, yeah, that's uh, I'm going to move right into ally assist. 
Negative one here, not a very helpful guy to my friends. I have the safe haven background trait. Uh, as a faction agent, I have an access to secret network of blah, 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 blah. They can provide assistance and da, 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 da. That's all I have. Okay. Oh, oh, I mean, that's really, that's incredibly circumstantial. They can provide me access to a hidden safe house, a free room and board, or assistance in finding information. I've used faction agent, and you really poo-pooed this feature, and now you're really yeah, defending it. Yeah, but it's it. not, it's not nothing. Okay, you can have a negative one. All right. How do you help your friends? I would like to take a quick moment to ask our listeners to help us. If you want to write us a review on iTunes, that would be very helpful. If you want to become a patron, that would be even more helpful. At $1 to $20, we have all of our great stuff that we've talked about here, including our bonus episodes and getting into our Discord. Our patrons are having fan lab battles in the channels, which has been a blast to get on there and listen to them and even heckle them a little bit. And number three, you could check out our material that we've been putting on DM's Guild, such as Jemay Jr.'s Horde of Horses and Wombo's Guide to Combos. Now, Detective Charles Barkley, he doesn't like to see good people hurt. He doesn't like to see good people cry. So he has got Cure Wounds and Calm Emotions as spells. He also has that Spirit Guardian spells, which his friends could get within that 30, and they would be protected as well. So I am arguing a one. Boy, that's a stretch. You're going to roll here. I have a charisma of 10 also. Charles Barkley was not a charismatic dude. I rolled a four. So you can take your zero. Okay, so we're getting into ability balance here. Now, Detective Charles Barkley, I think, is balanced for what he needs to be. He has 88 hit points, AC of 13, strength 14, dex 8, con 16, intelligence 11, wisdom 18, because he's a cleric, charisma of 10, athletics 5, intimidation 3, insight 7, persuasion 3. I got spells, I got melee weapons and ranged weapons. I could do just about anything except I'm really slow because of that bum knee. Never really got it scoped, Never got any fresh cartilage in there. What's your passive perception and what's your spellcasting two-hit modifier as well as spell save DC? My passive perception is 14. My spell to hit is a plus eight and my spell save DC is a 16. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty good. So I'll take a one because of my dex, but it could be a two. Sure. Yeah, I'll give you the one. I'm also arguing a one. Strength of 10, dex of 17, con of 16. Intelligence of 12, Wisdom of 10, Charisma of 10. Three 10s in there, not the most balanced. Strength and Constitution saving throws. Proficient in Insight, Intimidation, Perception, Persuasion, Stealth, and Survival. And that passive perception is 18. Woo! Nothing gets past this rogue, baby. All right, you can also have your plus one. All right, moving into Smooth Operator. The scenario, as written by the one and only Garen Jones, is a little girl has asked you to retrieve her kitten mittens from a tree. The rest of your party is watching intently as the last time you tried to climb the tree, you fell and made a fool of yourself. What do you do? So I've got that face step, which allows me to use misty step. I would go ahead and misty step my way up to the tree and then... You misty step, you just misty stepping near the tree? No, I'd misty step up into the tree. How do you know you're not going to beef it again once you get up in that tree? There's a chance. There's a chance. But I also have infiltration expertise, which starting at the ninth level, I am able to unfailingly create false identities for myself i have to spend seven days and 25 gold pieces to establish the history profession and affiliations of an identity wait 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 what does this have to do with climbing a tree let me get there yeah you can't establish an identity that belongs to somebody else but you adopt the identity as a new disguise and other creatures believe you to be that person until they're given an obvious reason not to so 
I would be like, oh yeah, you guys remember, I fell the last time I climbed this tree and I would assume my disguise that I've been working on for a week prior to this moment, just anticipating it to happen. And I would use this disguise and I'd be like, oh, well, uh, it's uh, Detective Charles Barkley. I'm heading up to the tree. Uh, I'm just going to go up there and save this child. Whoa, 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 I fell down. And then it wouldn't be attributed to me. I wouldn't look like a fool. Save face. You're not saving a child. You're saving a kitten. And so you leave for a week to make no, this character and then you come no, back. No, I'm not. I don't technically leave. I'm just working on it. <laughs> so the party spend... goes to bed. I'm not sleeping. I'm working on the disguise. So you expend a week's worth of effort on a brand yep. new persona just to climb that tree because then you're still going to fall. I might. What are you arguing g- for this? This is this is a stretch. Minus one. Oh, okay. Yes. I got a plus three to acrobatics, so there's a chance I can make it. <laughs> okay, so here's what Detective Charles Barkley does. Is he <laughs> casts By the Light of the Moon, which is a second-level divination from Cobalt Press, which creates a shaft of moonlight right on the tree, 30 feet in diameter, actually. And it highlights that is which, which is hidden or a useful clue. Perception checks and investigation checks are made with advantage within the area. So I cast the moonlight on the tree, and then I'm just searching the tree for all the best handholds and stuff. So then when I look at them, I find them with my advantage on perception checks. I grab into them, and then I use my speak with the beast and the leaf as being a furball. And I whisper to the tree, I say, don't do me dirty on this. Everybody's watching. I want to get that cat out of you just as much as you want that cat out of you. I know it's nicking on your craw. It's, and then it's I cl- What? It's nicking on your craw. That's a saying? That is a Detective Charles Barkley saying. Uh-huh. This criminal's really nicking on my craw. I don't know what that means, but go for it. That sounds smooth. I think that puts me in a great spot. And I have advantage on athletics checks, so I can... Or, and I'm proficient in athletics checks, so I think I'm going to make it up that tree. I'll give you a plus one for this scenario. Thank you. Now, here's my plus two on spitting fire. I walk up to that tree, and I use my proficiency in intimidation, and I say, Listen here, fuckface. You barky, rootin' in the ground, soon-to-be stump piece of shit. Wow, such anger with this tree. (laughs) I'm extracting that cat with force. And if the tree doesn't react, I cast power word kneel, and I make that tree bend down. Gotta love it. Does it work on a tree? It's gotta say if it works on a tree or not. No, it it probably doesn't work on a tree. All right, well then, I'm not granting that. No Hold on, hold on. You don't think in that moment... You would let that player cast Power no. Word Kneel on a tree? No, not on a tree. It doesn't have knees. If it said, Preach- like, pow- Power Word Bow or something, then yeah. But can't make a tree kneel. Good try, though. I feel like you so could. Cre- trees so are creatures. So you basically go up to this tree, call it a bark-based fuck face, and then if you don't intimidate the tree, you've got nothing else. I have cast. I can cast Hold Person on the cat so it doesn't go anywhere. I don't think you need to worry about that. It's stuck in a tree. <laughs> Here's what I would do. I would, if it didn't work, I would cast Hold Person on the cat. So it can't move. And then I would throw rocks at the cat until it fell out of the tree. <laughs> that is an aggressive way to handle that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. You redeemed yourself. You want a zero? All right. Yes. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm asking for a negative one because my approach was much similar. Only I wasn't going to yell at the, tr- the tree. I have a plus eight to intimidation checks. I'd yell at the fucking cat. <laughs> yep. I would hope to intimidate that cat out of the tree. And then I've got, I got a 17 dex. Uh, so I got plus three on those deck saving throws. You know, maybe a sleight of hand. If he jumps out of the tree, I can try and catch him. I'm, I'm asking for a negative one. I'm not trying to change the world here. Roll to catch that cat. What's what's the uh, DC? DC 13. If you oh, don't okay. splat that cat on the sidewalk. All right, let's see. I rolled a six. You drop the cat. Oh. Yeah, 
That's terrible. You cracked well, its mitten, cat head open on the skin, sidewalk right in front mittens, of the little girl. I skinned mittens and he's dead. You beefed it so hard. So you'll take a, you'll take a minus two on that because you, you killed the cat right in front of the little girl. <laughs> all right, all right. I want to add, say for, for X Factor, I absolutely would and will play a version of this character. So yeah. But I know what he's going to be good at. And it's not winning this show. I love the Justice Domain character. That was really fun. It had some fun features. The detective that came to my mind when I started reading, and I was like, that's got to be what this is. Absolutely. Is how you'd have to play it. Uh, I would definitely play this kind of thing, and I beat you five to nothing on this game. Wow. So tough tough loss, Dan. I know you're going to beat yourself up about this, but hopefully you come back into our game and you prove yourself worthy when it comes to actual, in the real world, in the jungles of Chult. But I do have a few things that we're going to close out the show with, as we always do. Number one, Jamae Jr.'s Horde of Horses and other exotic mounts that are also for sale. 30 mounts, including some mount-related items and mounted combatant feats, all presented in a very fun way by Jamae Jr., who is the narrator and author of the piece. I think you guys will really enjoy it for just a buck on DM's Guild. Our Patreon supporters have been a blast in the Discord. We're having so much fun with those guys. And we do have those two episodes a month. As you're listening to this, we have already dropped another fight club episode that you can listen to if you become a patron today we also have our shirts on spreadshirt check the link in the episode description and next week we are going to have another episode so get ready for that well thank you garen for those exciting updates uh that about wraps it up for this week lab rats just remember it doesn't have to be optimized oh we're doing we're doing vampires again it just has to be fun thank you for listening this has been a production of the D&D Character Lab Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at DND Character Lab. Or shoot us an email at dndcharacterlab at gmail.com. Most importantly, make sure you subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app.